1: church. Uh, thank you. Appreciate the music using our theme song tonight. Thank you so much. That is our theme song for this year. And uh, I think it's a good song, beautiful song to sing just before we talk about missions. Is everybody doing okay tonight? Amen. Amen. I'll tell you what, we've been having wonderful services every week, every week. Every time we come, it's a great service, and I just thank God that we have a great church, that I am part of that church. Amen. Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we've got a great church, and it's not going to fail. Praise God. Thank God. You may be seated for a few minutes. I just want to talk to you a little bit about our mission program, and um, I don't know whether you was watching the coronation yesterday. This may seem funny to some of you, but I looked at all that pomp, and I looked at that carriage, which was pure gold, and I thought, well, that'd be worth a few million dollars, wouldn't it, if we could just steal that somehow? (laughs) Oh, Lord, forgive me. We could just get that carriage and sell it. We could build about 2,000 churches. It's pure gold. I looked at all of that, and then they put the crown on the king. And I thought to myself, one of these days, we're going to crown Jesus Christ, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Praise God. What a day that's going to be when we ran that throne. Amen. We're not going to worry too much about the gold that we're going to be standing on. The Bible says streets of gold, so there's going to be lots of gold there. And I believe the throne will probably be pure gold also. Amen. But whatever. I'm just going to be there. I've got my mind made up. I'm going to be there in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. But as we're here and we're working for the Lord, we must consider those that are not in the church. Very important question. How many people that we know today that do not know the Lord. Every day we go about our business. We go to the jobs. We go here and there. We talk to people. I was speaking to a couple that lives next door to us today and invited them to church. He had some kind of something to say about it. I just thought, oh, God, if they only knew what it was to know Jesus Christ, praise God. Our mission giving for the month of April was $15,655. So let's clap our hands and thank the Lord for that. And I would just like to encourage you to keep giving. And it's hard to believe, but we are about four months away from our missions conference. It's amazing, isn't it, how time goes so fast. September the 8th through the 10th is going to be our missions convention, 2023. We have two great speakers coming, Brother Tom Foster from uh, Port Arthur, I believe in Port Arthur, Texas. I believe that's where he is. He's in Texas, I know that. You'll see him coming with his, with his uh, cowboy hat on. He's quite a guy. Brother Tom Foster was here once before. We just love Brother Foster. I've known him for many years. Brother Mark Drost is also going to be here speaking So we're going to have a wonderful, wonderful conference, and we just want you to start praying about it, and of course, do not make any plans to be away, Brother Wayne. Amen. I always come after Brother Wayne. That's terrible. Praise God. Let's lift our hands just for a minute and worship the Lord. I just feel the presence of God here in such a beautiful way. Thank you, Lord, for all you mean to us today. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord for salvation today when we were lost you redeemed us we thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus praise God I would encourage you this week while you're praying would you pray for our missionaries would you would you pray every day pray for missionaries and if you can uh, focus on two or three or half a dozen that would sometimes even better
0: Isn't it amazing what is happening transpiring on the around the world and we are a part of that with your giving with your prayers and this is a missions-minded church that we have a number of different partners uh in missions that we uh, give to on a monthly basis and they could not do what they do without the support of the church the local church sending sending and praying and um just amazing to see all of that. Amen. Well, it is so good to be in God's house once again here this evening. I was corrected as we prayed together with the team that uh, I I had slipped out that it was the morning, and so you'll have to forgive my exhaustion <laughs> that came out instead of evening, and I was corrected afterwards. Um, but I appreciate people having my back, making sure that I know what it is. Amen. Amen. Um, Pastor, he is away. Pastor and Sister Carter, they left after the morning service to go to Cush of Quack for a board meeting there. And so pray for them. Pray for their safe return. They put many miles on their car. They take care of the local church. They take care of uh, a lot of churches around our district as superintendents and also as the president of the Bible College, and he serves on the executive board of uh, the UPCI. And so we uh, we hold him up in our prayers here tonight and just ask God to be with them and guide them. Amen. We're going to turn to the word of the Lord here tonight and just ask God's will to be done in prayer as we do that. And I'm just going to... Uh, why don't we pray together just before we begin. Lord, we are so thankful for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for your presence that we felt in the service here this morning and once again tonight. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to be able to join together and profess your great name. God, we proclaim your goodness that you've done all the things that you've done for us. We thank you, Jesus, God, for your many blessings on our life and we pray right now that you will let your will be done in the service. Speak through your servant, God, and I pray that you would anoint my lips to speak your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to speak to you just for a few moments on this topic here tonight, the journey to us. In verse 13 of John chapter 12, we see the word Hosanna being used from the excitement of the crowd. Upwards of two million people in Jerusalem lined the streets as Jesus was coming through town riding on the back of a donkey, upwards of two million people. This was no small crowd that was gathered this day. Written six centuries before Christ came, the prophet Zechariah prophesied in chapter 9, verse 9 of his book that scribes his name, that this was going to happen. He says, rejoice greatly. O daughter of Zion, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey. A colt, the fowl of a donkey. And now, six centuries later, the Messiah who would save his people has arrived. He is not coming to them. He has come to them. And Matthew chapter 21, verse 9 We are told that they were crying out, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. They were singing his praises. Hosanna is an expression of praise. that means save us or save now. Save us, Lord. And they had their own ideas of how he could save them. But only the Lord knew the path he would need to take to do that. The people that day... We're ready for deliverance, but from what? The Lord had come to save them from their sins, not from their political situation. They were crying out for deliverance, but didn't understand what they needed to be delivered from. You know, as a society today, we tend to carry around things. When we plan for a trip, we often cram as much. Please tell me I'm not the only one who does this. We, we tend to cram as much as we possibly can into a suitcase and we we know there's no way we will ever need that many changes of clothes we don't need that many adapters and plugins but what if we do it's always in the back of our mind but but what if we do and so we jump on it we jump on top of the suitcase we push it down we quickly get the zipper around the side and then breathe a sigh of relief when it doesn't burst open on its own. And because it's crammed full and heavy, we drag it to the car, and then we play a little game of Tetris trying to see how it's all going to fit. I've been known to take a picture of our trunk after I have packed it all away. One, because I can't believe I fit it all. It's just amazing to me. I'm like, no, there's no way. And secondly, because nobody's going to believe this. And I need proof that this, this happened. It's like catching fish. Right, Sheldon? You need to take a picture of it or else people won't believe you. You can tell them the story. No, I'm serious. It was this big. Okay, yeah, but sure it was. Where's your proof? No, no, I promise. I, it was the biggest fish I had on my line, but I, I let it go. Okay. <laughs> the problem with baggage is that it hinders our journey. Have you ever had to pull over to the side of the road because you need that one thing you know is in one of those suitcases that you've packed away? You don't know quite which one it is, but it's probably the one on the bottom. We've tried to come up with solutions to help us out. We really have. We have put wheels, more wheels on suitcases than they have ever had before. We have them now that you can get them with built-in scooters that come right out, and you can stroll around with them if you need to. We carry a great deal of extra baggage most every day of our lives, baggage that most people don't see. And that's not a new thing. It was just like that 2,000 years ago when Jesus arrived. Look at Matthew chapter 8, for example. This gives you a glimpse of a day in the life of Christ. All day long, Jesus met people with burdens everywhere he went, every stop he came to. He had just finished preaching his inspiring, challenging Sermon on the Mount. And as he prepared to leave the mountainside, he immediately encountered a leper. A leper was a leper for life. There was no escape for recovery. They literally died an inch at a time. And it could take up to nine long years for that leprosy to completely bring them to their demise. And on top of that, the Jews considered them outcasts. They were disgraced. They were set apart, not only because the disease was contagious, but also because leprosy was thought to be the result of sin in their life. You must have done something really bad against God in order to end up like this. Lepers were considered unclean. To touch one was to break the law. And so they were to live in the shadows of the city, just on the outskirts of town, far enough that they felt the loneliness. But still, this burdened, leprous man came boldly to Jesus, pleading, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And guess what happened? The Lord healed him. He healed him by touching him. Jesus touched the untouchable. The one that nobody was supposed to touch, the one that everybody was supposed to run away from, the one that was supposed to announce as he was approaching people, unclean, unclean, was the one that Jesus went after and touched and pronounced him whole. Not just clean, but whole. He didn't just heal him, he made him whole and told him to go and show himself to the priest, because that's what Jesus does. He wanted this man to have total restoration. And this tweet-worthy scene would have stunned the Jews. Christ was making a bold statement through it all. No one is ever too unclean for me to make clean. There is no one ever too broken that he can't make whole. Come on, somebody. Your sin may seem untouchable. You feel as though nothing you could ever do could merit his healing. Let me ask you tonight, how heavy is that guilt? Do you feel unworthy of forgiveness and love? Do you fear rejection? Somebody hear me, he's reaching for you. The Lord traveled down the road a little bit further. More on this journey that we see in Matthew chapter 8, and he comes across a burdened centurion. He was a Gentile officer in the Roman army, and first, to a Jew, Romans were the enemy. They were the ones who they thought the Messiah was going to come and eradicate. Secondly, a Gentile, a non-Jew, was merely fuel for fires among them, and the centurions come, the, the centurion comes to Jesus because his servant is sick. The servant isn't even in front of the Lord, but the centurion knew enough about Christ. He had heard enough about Christ that he could just say the word and his servant would be healed. He told the Lord, "I do not deserve to have you come underneath my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed." And Jesus said, go, it will be done just as you believed it would. And at that very moment, the Bible tells us, the servant was healed. Because Jesus reaches to the unreachable. Everyone who witnessed this miracle stood in awe as they realized that Christ, Christ didn't even need to be physically present to heal somebody. He was destroying every boundary, breaking down every wall, everything that somebody, that that they had come up with that this Messiah was supposed to be, he was breaking. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, where you're from. It doesn't matter if you've been rejected. It doesn't matter how far away or how distant you feel. No one is beyond the reach of Christ. And some of you sitting here tonight have been there yourself, It wasn't you that reached out to God. It was someone else on your behalf. And you know it to be true. Your mom, your dad, your grandfather, your grandmother, somebody called out to God on your behalf. Called out, reached the throne of heaven with your name on their lips, asking that God would save you, asking God to just say the word, and I know it'll turn their situation around. And here you are tonight, a testimony of God's reaching power. Jesus resumed his journey. He goes a little bit further until he came to Peter's house where he encountered Peter's mother-in-law who was sick in bed, fever, had overtaken her, and she didn't have strength to get out of bed. She never asked for healing. The Bible doesn't tell us anything like that. But he had compassion and touched her hand. And as he did that, sickness left her body. She didn't have the ability to go to the Lord, so he came to her. Because she couldn't get to him herself, she could have been excluded, but instead Jesus included the ones who were excluded. Have you ever been left out of something, feel excluded? Do you feel unacceptable because of your status, your job, your family situation, your social standing, your lack of talent, your age, your disability? But I'm glad to tell you here tonight, Jesus accepts the unacceptable. He shows up, unburdens, heals, restores. As the story in Matthew chapter 8 continues, we see that Jesus, well, Jesus spent some time with his friends in Peter's house. The word spread that he was in town. I heard that Jesus is here, and people begin to gather. This crowd develops and surrounds Peter's house. And uh, the Bible tells us that as evening approached, a needy crowd gathered. Many, it tells us, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him. The nameless and faceless flocked to Jesus. We don't know their names. We don't know what they looked like. We don't know their background. We don't know their stories. The Bible doesn't tell us. But Jesus put it in his word to make sure that we understood that when they came to him, He healed them. The Bible tells us that he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. He healed them all. And Jesus, that's what he does. He unburdens the burden. And in the next chapter of Matthew, it paints a similar picture. We, We move on from this story and we see that he is still on the same path. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, it tells us whenever, wherever he went, he healed people of every sort of disease and illness. He felt great pity for the crowds that came because their problems were so great. And they didn't know where to go for help. They were like sheep having no shepherd. He bore their pain and sorrow in his heart. This is why he had come. For the sheep without a shepherd the lost, the burdened, the ignored, the unloved. And perhaps sitting here tonight, you felt ignored, that no one knows who you are, what you're going through. You feel all alone, that no one really cares about you, that no one understands what you're going through, and you're convinced no one would miss you if you weren't here. Or your problems are so great that you just don't know where to begin the healing process. The burdens you carry are to numerous dimensions too heavy to bear. Surely God is too busy with the important people to bother you. Surely he can't deal with everyone and you are just you. But let me tell you tonight, there is healing and wholeness for you as well. No one is nameless and faceless to the creator of heaven and earth. King David, he was in awe of this. He wrote in Psalm chapter 8, he talked about God's kindness and goodness to us who seemed so minuscule in comparison to him and in all of his creation. And he says this in Psalm chapter 8, verse 3, When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of? Human beings that you care for them. What are we? And he concludes this psalm in verse 9 by saying, Lord, oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. It's really because of how great you are. You don't consider me, Lord, because of how great I am. You consider me because of how great and awesome and good and loving you are. Lord, oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And so whatever you're carrying here today, whatever your needs and your burdens are, you can lay them at his feet and know full well that he can take care of them. If you've been rejected by others and you're now convinced that no one loves you, if you feel unaccepted like an outsider looking in, distant from God, excluded from his attention and help, maybe overwhelmed with guilt and shame, maybe you're simply unable to come to Jesus because the load has become so heavy you can't go any further. And you ask yourself the question, why out of all the baggage that I carry do I still feel so empty? And if you've ever felt any of those feelings, if you've ever thought any of those thoughts, I invite you to look at the journey of Christ. The answer to all these questions, asked only in the deep places of your soul, are found in the greatest journey ever taken. The greatest journey ever taken is Christ's journey from heaven to you. And with every journey, it needs a beginning, a starting point. And so I think John chapter 1 would be the best place for us to start. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And in Him was life. And the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The word that John is writing about is the same word that said in the beginning, let there be light, and there was light. The word that John is referring to is God, seated on his throne in heaven. And the greatest journey of all begins right there in heaven. And then we look down to verse 14 and we see how All of this comes into being. He says the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God became a man, came to earth. He lived on this earth. He walked and he talked and he struggled and he faced all of the things that we face. And as a result, he understands us. He understands our needs, our questions, our dreams, our desires. He understands our longing to be loved unconditionally because he had looked people in the eyes who had never known love. And he offered them the love and forgiveness that they so desperately needed. He understands our need to be secure because he was confronted with scared people every day, terrified of an illness. And if Jesus didn't answer that illness as he went passing by their town, They had no hope. What else could they do? And he brought hope into every place that he came. The Lord left heaven, became a man, experienced the same emotions that we do. He faced the same daily challenges that we do. His journey led him eventually to die on a cross because even though people knew they needed a Savior, because they couldn't save themselves, they didn't like it when he said that he was God. Even though they watched him heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, teach with divine authority, they were not ready to accept his claim to be God. And so they nailed him to a cross, left him to die. And here is where Christ faces the most important part of his journey. The ultimate cause of the emptiness and holiness inside of each of us is that we have lost the most important relationship we could have ever had. It has been terminated. We were created to have a relationship with God and yet something has come between us and God that has severed that tie, broken that relationship. And that something that has come between us and God is what the Bible calls sin. What is sin? Sin is simply contamination. Like having, imagine, a perfectly pure cup of water. And then somebody comes along and adds a tiny pinch of poison. Does it not spoil the whole? The Bible says that all of us have sinned. There's not one of us here that can say that we have not. Because sin poisoned our relationship with God, it caused that relationship to end. The Lord's journey is about restoring that broken relationship. When Jesus died on the cross, he took all of our sin on himself. He made it possible for the poison to be removed. And we see in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it tells us, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. In that while we were still sinners, he died for us. Christ died for us. His journey took him to the cross where he died, took on my sin, took on your sin. And in fact, what he did was he paid the penalty or he accepted the consequences of all of our sin. He made a way for you and I to come to him. And now the miracle of it all is that this journey of his did not end at the cross where he died, but he rose from the dead. He's alive forevermore. And none of the rest of Jesus' story would have been significant if it had ended at the cross. Because his journey is best described as a journey to us. He has taken every step except for the last one. He dealt with the problem that separates us from him. He made a way for all of our hang-ups and problems and baggage to be removed. He shows us his love and kindness and goodness. He has done all he can do for us except for the very last step which is the step we must take towards Him. Look at John chapter 1, verse 12. It says, To all who received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. To any who, who will receive Him, who will believe on His name, He adopts into His family. He calls son and daughter. He left heaven for a he left heaven for a journey to find you. He is the one who restores lepers, outcasts, sinners, centurions, outsiders, the nameless and faceless. He has no preferences for race, social status, wealth, or talent. And there is no weight too great for him to bear. And at the cross, Jesus took up our infirmities, carried our diseases, and by his wounds, we are healed. In his book titled, And the Angels Were Silent, Max Lucado, he writes, the journey to Jerusalem didn't begin with Jericho. It didn't even begin with Galilee or Bethlehem. The journey to the cross began long before. As the echo of the crunching of the fruit was still sounding in the Garden of Eden, Jesus was leaving for Calvary. If I could have the music come back at this time. we look at the journey that Jesus took that he was going to the cross. But really, his journey was to us. And the good news is that he's still touching the untouchable. You could never be too unclean for him not to want you. He's still reaching the unreachable. You are not beyond his reach. The Bible says, is his arm too short that he cannot reach down to where we are and save us? You are not beyond his reach. He's still including the excluded. He's still accepting the unacceptable. He's still wanting to unburden you from all of your burdens. And maybe you feel like the leper here tonight in Matthew chapter 8 that came to Jesus and prayed, Lord, if you are willing, you can heal me. Maybe you feel like the centurion that cried out, just say the word, Lord, and it'll bring healing. Maybe you are so burdened you don't have the strength to muster a prayer on your own bottom line is that Jesus is alive. He's real. He's here right now. He left heaven to find you. He's speaking to your heart tonight, and I urge you to respond to him today. Can we all stand? I'm glad to tell you here tonight that he didn't leave us without hope. He said before he ascended back up to heaven. That He would not leave us comfortless, but that He would send His Spirit to comfort us and guide us. And so that tugging that we feel in our heart, that's God's love. It's reaching out. And He told us how to respond in His Word when you feel that. He told us how to make that first step towards Him. It's called repentance. A turning away from sin, turning towards God. Turning away from everything that is not of God, anything that has brought on all that baggage and weight and guilt and shame. Turn away from it. Turn to Him. And it's when we tell God that we are sorry for anything that we've ever done against Him, any wrong that we've ever done in our life, and we ask Him to forgive us. The Bible tells us that he is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. King David, that wrote countless songs and poems about God, he said, God makes us whiter than snow. And so we're going to pray together that God will cleanse our hearts from anything that's in it that's not of him. I want us to do that, and I want you to do it in your own way as we open up this altar here tonight i want us to come in that mode of repentance that we're turning everything to him hallelujah jesus can we just take a moment here right now just before we come and just begin to praise him in you right where you're at hallelujah jesus god we're so thankful for your word we're so thankful lord that you didn't leave us in our sin you didn't forsake us God you didn't run away because we were too dirty we, we were too messy we were God you didn't turn us away because we were outcast Lord but you loved us you met us right where we were at God and the Bible says that even while we were sinners God even while we were still in our sin you still came and died for us Thank you for your sacrifice, Lord. We couldn't do it on our own. God, the things that we've done in our life, God, we're ashamed of, we're sorry for, Lord. We know that, I know, Jesus, that there's things that I've done in my life, Lord, that was not from you. God, that was against you, Lord. And I pray here today that you would forgive me forgive me lord for all the times jesus that i've gone against you gone against your purpose and plan for my life and i've tried to do things on my own and have just completely made a blunder of it and i pray that you would place your forgiveness on my life please forgive me hallelujah jesus i pray here today lord let it be done in our lives here today we thank you for your presence thank you lord for all that you've done The Bible, it also tells us that we are then to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins. Or in other words, for the washing away of our sins. And yes, it is true. When we ask God to forgive us of our sins, He does forgive us, but we need Him to completely wash it away. And if you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, tonight can be the night that you do that. The water is ready. And we would be happy to do that. You can find one of our leadership team we'll be glad to do that for you here tonight and this is when God begins to move over your life and completely wash all that away the third part that he gave instruction in his word on is that he wants to fill us with his spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues this is when God takes up residence in us the Bible tells us that we are meant to be the house of the Lord the place that He lives. God wants to come and live inside of our heart, live in us. And the evidence that He's given of that from times of old is that we would speak with a new tongue, a heavenly language, that He would control the most unruly member of our body, the tongue, to show that He has filled our lives with Him. And when we have his Spirit on our life he guides us to live a separated life away from the sin and the burdens in the world that can so easily trip us up if we're not careful and if you've ever never received the gift of the holy ghost we can pray with you tonight for that that god would fill you but i want us all to come not leaving anybody out here tonight because we're all in need of the savior he didn't just come from me He didn't just come for a couple. He didn't just come for a specific group of people, but God so loved the world. God so loved the world. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise your name, Lord. Hallelujah how we praise you for your goodness lord we praise you jesus for your mercy and your grace that reaches us god even when we don't have the strength to muster on our own to reach out to you lord you reach down to us you come to where we're at i thank you jesus for the people that have prayed for us on our behalf i thank you lord that have, for the tears that have gone up to heaven for us lord for our soul God, I pray here today that you would reach every single person in this place, all those that are watching and listening online. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's another reminder of why you came. Hallelujah. God, I'll cherish that old rugged cross. Hallelujah, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for us. I thank you, Lord, for the journey that you've taken for us. God, we... Ask right now, Lord, let your will be done in our lives. Let your presence overflow us here today. Hallelujah. We praise you, God. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let your cleansing power flood over us here today. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.